When you're navigating the complicated world of real estate, you want someone you can trust holding your hand along the way. Here's just the right person and just the right program. It's the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show, an advertising feature on AM800. Here's your host and broker owner of the Dan Jemis Real Estate Team, Dan Jemis. Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday morning. It is uh, 7.07 this morning. Kathy Talbot in studio with me. Good morning, Kath. Good morning, Dan. It's just you and me this morning. Just you and me. We're the only ones that got up. And a couple of watchers. Oh, yes. We have guests this morning. (laughs) Some people just snuck in behind me. (laughs) My parents came in. After nine years in radio, they decided that... Oh, this is the first a time six you've year, ever come? A six-year break. They come and see what I did. So here we go. Well, it's nice it's, to uh, see you. It's fun. It's fun it to have you. It may be the studio. only two fans we have. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy, how was your week? Oh, I had a great week. Really busy, as usual. We uh, we had lots going on this week. The The building renovations continue. Uh, we What else did we end up doing this week? We ended up building a gingerbread house. I, when yes. I say we, I say uh-huh. that very loosely. <laughs> yes, very. <clears throat> we, uh, we got a phone call. I would say what Wednesday? It must have been Wednesday. Um, from uh, River Lights in Amherstburg, uh, saying, "Dan, we need a gingerbread house. We need more. We need more gingerbread houses." I said, "Oh, you do." So, what's our deadline? Tomorrow, well, in a couple days. <laughs> I said, "Oh," I said, "You know what? We'll do it." So, of course, I come down the stairs, the office. I said, "Guys, we have a project. What? You're building a gingerbread house. <laughs> Go." And so, uh, of course, you know, everyone took the challenge on and uh, they built a gingerbread house. It was fun. It was very messy, but it was fun. And we had Olivier's help. Yes. My uh, my little two-year-old came in to to help. And uh, actually, I was was surprised he didn't didn't eat more of it. But the, you know, who was it? It was Courtney, Denise, there was Joyce, there was you, there was Lisa, Nikki. Joyce's daughter. Yeah, Joyce's. Well, so this, well, this is the thing, right? So the girls come in, they start building this gingerbread house. And, uh, well, houses. And yes. <laughs> people weren't very happy with how they were turning out. No and comment. so, no comment. <laughs> and so, Joyce and her daughter end up coming, you know, uh, taking over. And they built a whole new one. And it turned out awesome. Yes, it's really neat. So, <laughs> after all that work, it must have been here. I kept thinking, oh, it'll just take a day or uh, an hour or two to build this oh thing. Oh, my gosh. Piece Dan. of cake. <laughs> Put this thing together. Come on, ladies. And, uh, yeah, no, and that was using a kit. <laughs> yes, we did use a kit, but everybody came up with ideas, and some of them worked, and some of them didn't. They, but you know, next year I told Monica, next year we'll have lots more time to plan, and it'll be, uh huh, it'll be just fine. So yes, go go take a look at the warming house uh, at River Lights in Amherstburg, and you'll you'll see the uh, Dan Jemis team um, gingerbread house there. There was lots of cool ones. I was there last night. Oh, um, Duffy's had. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Duffy's that did it or someone made. A replica of the building. I shouldn't say replica. It's a big Duffy's building. It's very impressive. There were some impressive ones there. Oh, I bet because I saw some last year that were just blew blew me away. I couldn't believe it. A lot of people are very artistic, and I am not one of them. You're not one of them. <laughs> Neither am I. It's okay. So Sue is not with us this morning. She's off playing um, celebrity. Yes. We are. Uh, our, our team is appearing on a national network. We can't, we can't say much. Yes. Um, and so she is taping this morning. So I hope she's uh, she's enjoying herself. Pretty they, exciting, they, they actually. Start, they start soon. Um, and we've been sworn to secrecy. So we can't say where or why or when. Or All who? we can say or who. <laughs> <laughs> it's a national network. 
and our team is appearing uh, on that network. So that's uh, super exciting. So she's playing. Uh, she's probably you know getting primped this morning. Yes, it doesn't take much. There's probably a big crew, okay? <laughs> a big crew of people taking care of her this morning. So or not? Maybe it's just Tim. Well, I don't, I don't know. know, but I I hope she doesn't get all snobbish on us because I, she becomes <laughs> because because she ha because she becomes famous. Oh boy, oh boy, I'm telling you. Um, so we we've, we've started planning for uh the parade. Oh, that's right, boy, that's coming fast. Two the weeks, old, two weeks, the parade, and so I'm I'm being asked to appear in all these parades. Um, and <laughs> appear in uh, all well, these parades. All the all the 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 parade company is asking us to appear in you know the Windsor parade and the yes, parade. Yes, they do. You know how much work that is. A lot of work. One's enough, thank it's, you. Well, we'll start with one. Yes. We'll see what next year brings. But it's uh, we're super excited in our float. So we've got it all somewhat figured out we're going to do it as we uh as we go as along. we go along so next after after next sunday's show we're going to get together and and decorate the float and see where uh where that goes yes hopefully we have good weather uh we've been involved in the parade for oh my gosh 10 10 12 years for sure yes we've been involved in the parade and we've always always <clears throat> i mean some some parades it's been super cold like so cold you can hardly stand it but we've never had freezing rain we've never had a snowstorm it's really, I shouldn't have said any of that out loud. Of course. Because I might jinx it. But anyway, it's a great success in Amherstburg. The last couple of years we had to, uh, we brought the kids. Yes. And we had to leave because it was just so windy and cold. Yeah. That they weren't having it. So this year, Papa's pulling the trailer. Yes. So Papa's going to get to have, you know, the, the grandkids in the truck with him. Yes. So it'll be nice and warm for sure. But we're hoping that it's, uh, you know, some decent weather. Um, what else is happening? We are, boy help me. If there's anything I hate more than anything in this industry, it's taking our pictures for oh, our business yeah. cards and for everything else. And so we you have we have Courtney. Yeah, you know. All well, of us hate it. It's, it's <laughs> horrible. Uh, you wonder why some real just have pictures that are 30 years old. old. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Friday, uh, I'm, I'm taking uh, Joyce and uh, Courtney to take some pictures. And so, of course, we have to refresh mine. Oh. I have to go get some new clothes. Oh, you have to go. for God's uh, sake. You don't even have to do hair and makeup. What's your problem? <laughs> so we'll see. But Well, that's one job you cannot designate, Dan. You do I have to show up for that one. <laughs> can they just, you know, Photoshop our own well, ones? they could, yes. Oh, <clears throat> uh, well. Okay, one thing I want to mention as well that uh, came up on my desk this week is that there is an upcoming public open house for the uh, for the new bridge, okay, it's coming up. Uh, when is it? It's Tuesday, this coming Tuesday from two to eight p.m. at the Ambassador uh, Golf Club. So um, it reads: This residents will be able to get an update on the Gordie Howe International Bridge project on Tuesday. Um, they're hosting a public open house at the Ambassador Golf Club from two to eight p.m. Bridge officials will be on hand to answer questions and explain more about the public-private partnership. Um, you know, the, what was happening uh, as of late is Amico Infrastructure is currently working on the Windsor side. Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing site preparation for the eventual construction. So that's, uh, that's a pretty uh, huge project. Uh, you know, the, the roadway is pretty much done. They're, yep. they're wrapping up. It's been pretty cool to see it happening, hasn't it? it it's been amazing. And when, when the first time I drove on it, all the new underpasses yes. and all that, I felt like I was in Toronto or somewhere. You, you, don't, you don't feel like you know where you're going. No. Right? Very, very it's cool. It's very, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to them opening uh, the LaSalle end so we can take, yes. you know, we can hit uh, the 401 from uh, from that end there. So yeah. that's going to be fun. I'm assuming, I would think they're opening that 
don't know if they're gonna wait for the bridge to open that section or if they're gonna be opening it soon. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to see. But it's been incredible to to watch. You know, they dug a hole. How long has it been? A few years, and they they started digging that hole. And next thing you know, I we know have this and huge when, roadway. And when you looked at it, you'd be thinking, what what are they doing? Where's that gonna go? Where's that gonna connect? You couldn't figure it out. Maybe from an aerial view you could have, but from from on the ground, I I couldn't figure it out. And now it's wow. You know, and, and hats off to those engineers who make it all come together. Yes. If it was us, <laughs> you drive down the road and you'd, you'd have to stop and, and, you know, it wouldn't even match up. But good for them. It's pretty cool. Um, so that's happening. So there you go. That's our uh, that's our quick update. Anything else to mention, Kath, before we head to break? When we come back, we're going to do our our question of the week. It's with regards to listing now or waiting till after uh, the, uh, the holidays. Mm-hmm. So it's a question we often get. We'll get to that. Also coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about uh, six ways to boost your credit score with Deanie Steubing. And so another fun segment at the end of the show, the world's most expensive billionaire homes. Oh, that'll be cool. I saw yours in there, Kath. Did you? Yes. They told them not to put it in the public view. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. The world's most expensive billionaire homes. Lots more to come right here on the Dan Gemmis Real Estate Show on AM 800. Welcome back to the show. Uh, lots more to come this hour. Uh, first of all, we're going to cover uh, the eight ways to reduce your hydro bill. Oh, everybody's going to be interested in that. <sighs> the the cost just went up November 1st. Good old electricity. It's gone up and up and up and up and up. So I figured we'd talk about that. But before we get to that, we have our weekly uh, email question. If you have any questions you'd like answered by the Dan Gemmis team, you can send them our way at dan at dangemmis.com. You can visit our website at uh, dangemmis.com. You can give our office a call, and you can also call in the show uh, at any point, 519-792-CKLW. That's 519-792-2559. So, Kath, our question this week Hey, Dan, we have a home on Willowwood in Lakeshore. With the holidays approaching, just wondering if it's a good or bad time to list our home. I think we should wait until the spring, but my wife has heard your team talking about the lack of homes on the market on the show and is trying to convince me to call the Dan Gemma's team this month. Help! <laughs> okay, good Jason. morning. I could be yes. there in half an hour, Jason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you'll still be on the air. Honestly, uh, there's no bad time. In my opinion, yes. there's no bad time to list a house. We're busy all year round. A lot of people say to us, oh, I bet you're quiet in the winter, and but we're not. And of course, as we've said a million times in this market, there's a, such a shortage of inventory. Um, it's not a bad time to list your house at all. I always talk about uh, 2013. 2013 are two busiest months, and they're all busy, but the two busiest, the two high stats were January and August. So it just goes to show you, you know, and we've had a lot, the uh, last couple of winters have been pretty nasty here, yes. right? So, um, you know, during the nastiness, it, it tends to kind of quiet down a little bit. Yes. But I always tell a seller, listen, think about this. Would you rather be listed with all the competition in the spring? I was just going to say that. Or would you rather have even less competition? Um, you know, because buyers don't care if it's snowing or raining or what it's doing outside. If they want to buy a house, they want to buy it now. They don't care what's happening. For sure. Um, and, and everybody's circumstances are different. But I have people relocating here for jobs and retirement who have sold their homes and have a certain closing date that they have to have. Yep. And it doesn't matter that Christmas is coming. They need to get here. So, yeah. And the, and the millennial generation, they want everything right now. I shouldn't oh. say they, we. We want I was everything say, who does that right now. Me of? Yes, <laughs> so they don't care what's happening. They they want a house and they want it now, and they they want exactly what they want. They yes. want it to look like they want it to look, and they want you know the updates that they want. Uh, but uh, no, seriously, it doesn't matter what time of the year. 
Um, if there's a benefit to now is that there's less hitting the market because people just tend to think, oh, I'm going to wait till the spring. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, there's there's no bad time. Nope. So list, list your house now. Give us a call. We'll come out there uh, and uh, we'll do an evaluation and tell you where you stand. Uh, at that point, you can make a decision mm-hmm. as to whether you want to do it now or later. And, and not just that, but the benefit to the to the um, to the evaluation is that uh, you might not have to do the renovations or the you know um, the uh, the honeydew list that you were expecting to do. Because yeah, we can give you lots of tips on what to do and what not to do, and where you're going to get your money back from, and. Uh, all of that. There's lots more than just coming out and giving you a price on the home for sure. So. And Monica, our home stager, mm-hmm. goes to all of our listings. So she would come out there and, and, and help you as well. Uh, before we go to uh, to the bottom of the hour here, um, everyone's electricity bills are oh. about to climb. Well, they're not about to. They, they've, they've started climbing as yeah. of November 1st. Uh, the OEB, the Ontario Energy Board, announced the rate increase uh, for the winter months, which will impact most households with small... Oh, and small businesses, effective uh, November 1st. The price for off-peak hours goes up 0.3 cents. Uh, and the price for mid-peak up 0.6 cents. And the price for on-peak up 1.4 cents to 17.5 cents per kilowatt hour. Now, Sunday's, um, I guess, well, November 1st's rate hike means the on-peak price for electricity has jumped, get this, 77% oh. since smart meters became common five years ago. It's criminal. Isn't that sick? Yep. Back then, the average price or the price was 9.9 cents per kilowatt hour. Now it's 17.5. In 2010, the average monthly bill was about $100 per month. The typical household will shell out roughly 31 more per month this year. Really? That's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. Okay. I want to hear the tips. So how do you reduce? Number one, reduce phantom power. Keeping electronics like televisions, computers, and phones plugged in all day draws electricity even if the devices aren't in use. This is called phantom power. To reduce this, plug all of your electronic devices in a power bar and turn the entire power bar off once you leave the house. Seems like a lot of work. But really? Your TVs and your computers and everything? Oh, yeah. everything. If it's plugged in, it's using phantom power, for sure. Number two, use LED bulbs. Oh, yes. According to Hydro One, switching to LED bulbs can cut your electricity use by up to 75%. Now, I can attest to this. Our electrician has been doing our building. Mm-hmm. We're putting LED uh, bulbs in the front half of the building. He was showing me the bulb. He says, Dan, this thing, it's super bright, and it will cost you a dollar per year to run this light bulb. Wow. Isn't that huge? Um, use a programmable thermostat. Setting your programmable thermostat at 18 degrees while you're, while you're sleeping, and when you leave the house, can reduce your heating costs up to 10%. For every degree lower that you set your thermostat, you can save 3% on heating costs. Every degree lower. Hmm. Number four, dishwashers. Running your dishwasher during off-peak hours can save you about half the cost of electricity as running it during peak hours. Yeah, absolutely. I always Use the air dry setting or leave the door open to naturally dry the dishes. I do that too. Do you really? Yeah. I hope I, if, I'm, if, if it is programmed to come on, like say 11 o'clock at night before I go to bed or whatever, if I'm still up, I'll crack the door open instead of having the heat come on to dry it. Hmm. Yep. Laundry number five. About 25% of all households hot water is used for washing clothes. If you use cold water for washing and rinsing, you could save enough energy for about 220 showers. Holy cow. Would you do a full load of laundry and do it only during off-peak hours or weekends? If you're buying a new washer, go for the Energy Star model. Yeah. They are 20% more efficient. Wow. 
Number six. Nikki loves this one. We don't have one, but we should. Clothes lines. Oh, I love Mama my clothes C has line. One. Yes. Oh, yeah. Forego the cost of drying your clothes and air dry. In the summer, put your clothes on it. Not in the winter. Uh, could you do it in the winter? I guess if you you'd have like frozen clothes. Put your clothes on an outdoor clothesline. <laughs> or you can air dry your clothes inside using a drying rack. Number seven, microwave or toaster ovens versus electric stove. If you need to reheat or cook something on the fly, microwaves and toaster ovens use 50% less electricity than an electric stove. We have our gas oven and stove. Oh, I don't have a gas stove. It is. We'd never go back. Hmm. It rocks. It's awesome. You can buy them there. You know, you can buy a, a, a gas stove top, but an electric oven. Yes. But this is, ours is both, uh, both gas, which is, uh, which is great. Number eight. Uh, of the um, eight ways to reduce your hydro bill. What are we talking about again, Kath? And number eight, window and door treatments. Window and door air leakages account for 25% of heating costs. Purchasing plastic window covers and weather stripping for doors can seal in more heat and lower your bills. Oh, gosh, that brings back memories. Of, when of I lived plastic, in the old farmhouse, the, the yes, we had the plastic over the windows, and they would be bubbled right out. <laughs> you always knew there was a ton of drafts oh, yeah. in those windows. Oh, I don't miss those days. So really, all these things can be, you know, they can easily be done. Oh, yeah. Just a matter of uh, of doing it, right? Yep. But it's it's true. If you think about, you know, our old electronics versus our the old computers... Versus the new ones today, they suck up the energy. Yeah, and old fridges, right? Old they say fridges. old fridges are really bad. Uh, so, Dan, I expect you to go home uh, this weekend and erect a clothesline in the backyard. I will do that. All right. Yes. You heard it, everybody. Yeah. Live. <laughs> okay, lots more to come. When we come back, we're going to talk with Deanie Steubing about uh, six ways to boost your credit score. Lots more to come, and we're going to talk about the world's most expensive billionaire homes. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Now, credit is something that uh, people often take for granted. And it's very important when you're looking to get a mortgage, uh, when looking to get any kind of loan. Uh, on the phone with us today is a regular contributor to the show, Deanie Steubing. She's a mortgage broker with Mortgage Intelligence. Hey, Deanie, how are you this morning? Good, Dan. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. So tell us, how important is credit to uh, a mortgage app? Well, your credit is the key, most important thing on the mortgage application. Um, it's really important that you have a good credit score showing a good use of your um, of the way you use your credit and a lengthy enough history of it as well. Uh, what score uh, should somebody be hoping to have uh, in order to have a chance at, at uh, getting a mortgage? Well, the scores, they generally range between three and 900. Okay. Um, the higher, the better. To get a mortgage in Canada now, by law, your score has to be a minimum of 600. With that said, though, you know, if you have a minimal amount down, it needs to be a little higher. So you want to usually have at least a 640 to get a mortgage. Have you ever seen a perfect score? Um, well, a perfect score, like the highest I've seen is maybe about in 840s. Anything above 700, really, we do consider perfect. Okay. But there still could be a few things on there. There, there, still, there still could be a problem. Or, you know, one thing that comes by surprise, we could see a 700 score and get very excited. And then you look down the page and they've only been on the credit bureau for two months. So then they still <laughs> couldn't get a mortgage. <laughs> how, how long do you hope to have credit uh, credit history for before you can... Uh, to 
to get a mortgage, what they want to see is that you have most most lenders want you to have at least one year on the credit bureau. Some are even going up to two years now, but typically you want to have one year on the credit bureau where you're using at least two major accounts um, for for that time. And the accounts, you know, they want to see that you have at least about $3,000 available to you. So if you've had, say you have a credit card for $500 and another one for 1000 you've been using them for a year or two, that's not enough credit. You want to have at least 3000 available to you on two different pieces of credit for at least a year. Okay. And so, again, um, when you say two major, um, major pieces of credit, so I guess your right. cell phone wouldn't count. Your cell phone does not count, but but you know, with that said, your cell phone can affect your mm-hmm. credit score in a negative way. If you're late on that cell phone, it does show up now on the credit bureau, but it wow. won't it won't count towards established credit. You we want to see, you know, a major credit card like a Visa or Mastercard, um, a, a vehicle loan or a credit line is great to have as well. Uh, would a um, like a, a furniture store uh, credit card count? Or I, I guess a loan or you know they help a little bit. If that's your major piece, though, it's not good enough. Um, if you had Te- Tepperman's is great. It's great to go to Tepperman's because they have they do report to the credit bureau, so yeah. we, we get a lot of people established that way. Um, but if that's your only account, it's not enough. We want to see a major bank card. Gotcha. Okay, so let's get to our six ways to boost your credit score. We have number one: uh, know what you're working with. So you want to make sure that you're aware of what's on your credit bureau. You know, you you could think everything's fine and and you know three years ago someone could have stole your identification you had no idea and they're using credit in your name so it's good to you know check at least maybe once every six months on your credit it's really not necessary to check it every month unless there's something specific going on but you know get it checked every six months you can go on online to Equifax and do it free great number two on time all the time you don't want to be late on your credit cards. You have to make your minimum payments. You can miss one of your minimum payments. Say it was even only a $10 payment. You think it's no big deal. You missed it. You made it up. Well, that late payment is going to affect your score for a year. Now, mm-hmm. Your history stays on for six years, but for the first year after that payment was late, your score is really going to be affected. So you want to be on time on everything. Wow. Uh, number three, know your limits. So... Besides being late, the second most important thing on your credit is the closer you get to the limit, you could be hurting your score as well. So it's not just late payments that hurt you. So if you had a $1,000 credit card available to you, you use that card and keep it right at $1,000 all the time or you even go over. You can drop your score 100 points. So, you know, we tell everybody, try to stay under 50% of your your limits. That That's stretching it a bit. You know, 80% is the actual number. So whatever your limits are, never go close to up to 80% of the limit that's available, and that will keep your score nice. Now, we talked about this in the past, Jeannie, when you were here in studio, because um, people often think that, or they, they hear, I know I've heard it, mm-hmm. where if you have zero... Um, um, debt. Uh, debt on your credit card, it's it hurts your credit. Is that is that true? If you have zero, if like you, have, if you it, do have a credit card, but it's zero. It's always, yeah, there's always, there's no, always nothing going not on true. it. No, that's not true. That's where you would see one of the perfect scores, where you've got somebody with two or three cards, but they're at zero, but the cards are active, meaning you use them every once in a while. Okay. So if you have a card and you never activate it, it's not going to help you. But you get a new card, you want to use it. I, t- I tell people, even if you want to pay cash for everything, you don't want to use your credit, get a couple cards, put gas on them once every three months. Just keep them revolving, but keep your your, your balances low and keep them always on time. Uh, when we finish up with the show, would you mind calling Nikki and letting her know that she stopped using the card? <laughs> Did she stop using it? <laughs> and let's tell her not to cancel them either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, number four. And she's probably still sleeping. Number four. I hope a, so. <laughs> a longer history is better. Yes. So, like I was mentioning earlier, you could have a 700 score, but you're only on the bureau for two months, yes. right? Yeah. So, to, like, to get a mortgage, you need to be at least a year. Some banks even want to see two two years now. Um, and also, what you want to be careful is not to cancel credit cards that you think you haven't used or you don't need. The longer you show you've had a credit card, the better it is. Just like just like in a job, right? You've yes. had a job for five years or five months. It's just a better history, a better rating. No kidding. Number five, be selective. Well, you want to you want to be careful when you're looking for credit. Um, you know, you'll hear people say, if, I, if you look for credit too much, it hurts your score, which to an extent is true. So you're you're, you're planning on looking for a house in the next six months or a year. You don't want to go out, look for a new car, and let the car dealer you know shoot your application out to seven different places the yeah. same day. You also don't want to be looking for. Um, like furniture store credit or you know, Best Buy or The Source, those in-store credits, they take a higher hit when they pull credits on you, like to your score. So if you've got some major purchases coming up, you want to be really selective of where you go. You want to stay more with, number one, doing a uh, you're doing a mortgage. You definitely want to go with a broker because we pull one credit bureau and use it with all the banks in Canada. So you, wow. you want to be selective where you go. Makes a big difference as opposed to jumping from bank to bank to it bank does. to bank to uh, yeah. have them pull your score. Yeah. Um, number five of the six ways to boost your credit score. Uh, number six, sorry, that was number five. Number six is keep it balanced. Yeah, well, what they want to see is that you have, if possible, a few di- It's hard when you're establishing, but in general, you want to keep a few different types of cards. What's beautiful to see is you have a major credit card, you have a car loan or a lease, and maybe an unsecured credit line. You know, so there you've got three different types of credit because you can have a mortgage payment and a car loan. Those cre- those pieces of, um, those payments are coming out automatically. You actually get more kudos for having a credit card because you're making that payment on your own. It's not, it's not automatic. So if you have automatic payments, the bank can say, and no credit cards, they'll say, well, those payments are coming out automatically. I want, we want to see if that person is willingly making their payment on their own as well, meaning are you taking the time to stop, yeah. sit at your computer, or go to the bank and make a payment online. Of course. Mm-hmm. Now, Dini, if somebody uh, comes to you today for an application mm-hmm. and their credit is just under where you know, it needs to be, yeah. what, is, what is the quickest way to, you know, to bounce it back up? What would you recommend to them? Well, it depends what the reason why it's low. Okay. Um, a lot of the time, say if I see someone and they're 580, they're just under the limit. The first thing I'll look at is, okay, are you close to any your? Are you at your limits on any of your cards? Usually, the answer to that is yes. So I'll tell them, okay, you need to get each one of these cards down by you know $500 or $800. Get your limits down on those cards. Um, within the next month, we can see that drop up, that go up 100 points. If the problem is, though, that there was a late payment, you know, I'll say get it up to date right away, but it's going to take months and months of going by. Each month that goes by from the last time you're late, you'll slowly improve. So you really don't want to be late at all. Um, If there's anything unpaid on there and paid collections against you, you Mm. need to get those paid right away. No kidding. Now, have you you had clients in the past that have had uh, collections against them that were um, you know, not truly issues, and and I guess how do you, how do they take them off? You can't take them off. So once you once you get a collection paid, from that the day you pay that collection is the date of the last activity. Six years from that date is when it will disappear off, off the credit bureau. Okay. 
So if something happens, something happens, you have a collection, you know, you want to get it paid right away. It's you know, the longer you get away from that six year, the, the closer to the six years, the less it affects your score, but it will still stay there. So the main thing is, if you have a collection, get it paid. I'll bet you about 25% of the collections I see are on there in error. There's yes. somebody else's that have the same name. Um, there is a dispute. The people don't even realize it was on there because they moved. Um, so you want to. That's one of the reasons why you want to check your credit every six months as well. Because it's important. Mm-hmm, you know, it's. Sure. I've, I've often talked in the show about the fact that I I pay the I think it's ten bucks a month to TransUnion and oh, I yes. have access online and mm-hmm. I check it religiously because you hear so many crazy things happening. Right. Um, and it's again, you, know, you can check your credit score. You can see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anytime there's a hit against your uh, your score, you get an email. Yeah. So it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty cool. That's good. Worth ten bucks a month. Dini, thank you as always for all the tips. You're always You're fantastic. If somebody has questions or if they want to get uh, an application uh, in with you, who? How do they reach you? Uh, they can reach me by phone at five one nine two five zero four nine six six or on my website, which is deanystubing.ca. Fantastic. And uh, as well, all of Deanie's information is on our website in the People We Trust section. Uh, just go to Mortgages There, Financing, and you'll find all of Deanie's information right there. Thank you, Deanie. As You're always, welcome. we will uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Thanks. Take care. You're welcome. Okay, uh, that's uh, Deanie Stubing, Mortgage Intelligence. She's a, a broker there with Mortgage Intelligence. We love having her on. She's always, uh, Very always informative. a wealth of information, mm-hmm. isn't she? Uh, good. Let's. Uh, it's time for our Mortgage Tip of the Week. So we're going to continue with our mortgage topic. And uh, it's time for Kyle Lusher. He's a mobile mortgage specialist with RBC. Hey, Kyle, how are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks. Our, our uh, I was just going to say our, our home staging tip, but it's our mortgage tip. <laughs> our mortgage tip of the week is? Uh, we're going to look at property taxes, putting them with the mortgage or without. That's always a question that, uh, that we get and uh, people want to know what, what's the right answer. What do you think? Uh, majority of the time we try to get them to do it separately. Um, most of the towns now are starting to charge a fee. Uh, you've also got your property taxes to think about going up almost every year, give or take. Yeah. So that just constantly is changing your mortgage payments. So, I mean, one thing you don't want to necessarily going up or down uh, every single month is uh, or every year changing is, is your mortgage payment. You know, one of our, our rental properties years ago, uh, we had our um, our tax payment in the mortgage. Yep. Uh, and I always found it a hassle. At the end of the year, there was always money some, due. Some type of adjustment. It was just a pain. Either too much money in the account or not enough. Yeah. And then you got to make that adjustment. So keeping it separate, it really means whenever it's due, you pay what's due. For convenience, some of the towns are allowing you to do monthly now, which yes. is very common. Yep. So, I mean, pre-authorized debit right out of your account, why not? And, and again, like I said, you can do monthly. Uh, we've got some people doing quarterly. Uh, some people do, you know, yearly, one payment uh, for the year. So uh, either way. But if somebody does want to go ahead and do that through the branch uh, and through their mortgage, that is possible? Yep. So we just set it up uh, directly with them. They'll bring in their first tax bill to us. So we got the roll number and everything set up correctly. Okay. Um, but uh, definitely can be put in with the mortgage for convenience if that's what they want to do. Uh, is there, and, and, and you should, I, I hope you know this question, you might not the answer, uh, but if someone does put it through the mortgage, yeah. does it cost them more in interest? Are they paying any interest on that amount? It's a tax account, so it's completely separate. Some financial institutions will actually charge you a yearly fee, though. Okay. Um, most of the time you don't realize, but that's something yeah. to definitely check into depending on the lender. Okay, great. If someone has any questions for you, Kyle, where do they, uh, how do they reach you? Uh, just uh, my email is kyle.lusher at rbc.com. Or my cell is 519-816-3403. That's Kyle Lusher, RBC Mobile Mortgage Specialist, uh, right here on the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show with this week's Mortgage Tip of the Week. Lots more to come right after this on the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show.
Welcome back to the show. In studio with me today is Kathy Talbot, sales rep with the Dan Gemma's real estate team, and my parents. They're not saying a word, but they're here. They're, they're watching. They're silently clapping. They're si- <laughs> Wanted to see what it was like uh, here in studio. So here they are today, getting up super early on a Sunday morning. Well, I appreciate it. All the support. Okay, so we're going to get to uh, the world's most expensive billionaire homes. But before we do, Kathy, you have a couple of things you want to mention, a couple listings and buyers? Well, uh, we have a four level coming up in Amherstburg. I'm so excited. We have a listing coming up in Amherstburg. Um, Probably about the 180 range. Nice oversized four level on a big lot, all fenced. So I'm excited to see that. That's coming up at the end of the week. And we are listing tomorrow a nice little bungalow in central Windsor for $79.9. Three bedrooms, no carpeting, lots of updates. Um, a garage in the back, and that's only seventy nine nine. So that'll be up uh, probably Tuesday. Wow! So cool. that'll that'll be really good. First time buyers or uh, people, young people starting out. Yes. Uh, we have a gorgeous ranch coming up on Boblo Island. We do. Yes. yes. So excited about that! Really, cool. a really nice place. Um, very, very well done. Pristine. Pristine, pristine. Yep. So we're looking forward to that. And I have lots of buyers. I could go on for hours about buyers. Um, I know. We need listings in LaSalle, uh, in Lakeshore, South Windsor. Out in the uh, county. Essex. Yeah. We've got buyers coming up the wazoo, but not enough hitting the market. No, it's really hard. Yep. So give us a call. If you know of anything coming up, uh, or if you have anything coming up that you're thinking of selling, give us a call uh, or email us. Uh, Our office number is 519-566-5565. Okay, the world's most expensive billionaire homes. You won't believe any of this, okay? Let me tell you. The first house belongs to my parents. It's in India. (laughs) It's in India? In India. Mumbai. Value upward of $1 billion. I was raised from lots of money. I guess so. Yeah. You've been fooling us, Dan. (laughs) What uh, Does it give the square footage? It probably covers acres. Wait for it. Here we go. This 27-story, 400,000-square-foot skyscraper residence, named after a mythical island in the Atlantic, has six underground levels of parking, three helicopter pads, a health level, and reportedly requires about 600 staff to run it. I was raised by nannies. What can I say? (laughs) Well, that's why you're so spoiled. (laughs) I should have warned Nikki. It is the world's most expensive home by far and away with construction costs topping $1 billion. Wow. Not too shabby. That's not even a home. Oh. (laughs) It's for somebody, not us. I (laughs) guess. I wouldn't want it. Thank you. Okay. Next, we have uh, a home in France. 500 million euro, which is about 750 million at the time in 2008. King Leopard II. Uh, Leopold, sorry, Leopard. Leopard. <laughs> Leopold. <laughs> sorry, uh, your highness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Reportedly built a series of waterside homes for his many mistresses. Oh, This 20-acre estate was valued at 500 million euros in 2008 when Russian billionaire Mikhail Prokhorov attempted to buy it. He eventually pulled out the deal, forfeiting a 50 million euro deposit. Well, (sighs) next, uh, in New York State, property value about 248 million, according to 2012 tax assessments. The uh, 
The industrial billionaire's hawking 29-bedroom, 39-bath Hamptons compound has not one, but three swimming pools, plus its own power plant on premises. Oh, my gosh. Obviously, you need a power I don't plant. Think, I don't think he's worrying about peak hydro times. You don't think so? <laughs> no. <laughs> Imagine the hit, though, on those uh, energy costs. Okay. Next, in the UK, there was a lot of properties from the UK on here. Um Purchase price, 117 million pounds, about 222 million U.S. at the time, in 2008. The steel magnate uh, is believed to own three homes on the high-security street known as Billionaire's Row, including a neo-Georgian mansion near the Israeli embassy. The home, not pictured in this article I'm reading, rumored to have been purchased for a Mattel's son, was sold by hedge fund billionaire Noam Goetzman. Next, again, another property uh, in the UK worth $221 million in 2011. The world's most expensive apartment located in posh <laughs> Knightsbridge was purchased by the Ukraine's richest man. It boasts a staggering 25,000 square feet, bulletproof glass, and 24-hour ah. hotel concierge service. I would hope so. I'd hope it have concierge service. Oh, my God. You know? Um, and then there was one, I want to, there's a whole bunch, it's a big list, but, uh, there was one by Oprah, 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 where's Oprah value 88 million. According to 2012 tax assessments purchased in 2001 for nearly 52 million, the media queen's 23,000 square foot Georgian style man, uh, mansion sits on more than 40 acres, boasting a tea house, more than 600 rose bushes and an upscale house that makes the rest of these properties, you know, well, really. Comparing to that one billion dollar property, yeah. Oprah's house is a well. What's a dog couple house, zeros? Jeez! And, and just remember, folks, we can sell any house on the market. Yes. So give us a call, <laughs> and we'll be at your beck and call to show any of them. Unfortunately, it has to be in the province of Ontario. Oh shoot! But oh, there's the, probably some nice ones in Ontario nice ones in too. <laughs> okay, lots more to come. We're gonna have, wrap up the show right after this on uh, AM eight hundred. Well, thanks for joining us uh, today on the show. We had lots of fun. Uh, Kathy Talbot, thank you for joining me, as always. Always, Dan. Uh, Sue uh, Riom, who's out uh, gallivanting with some national TV crews this morning. Can't say more. Nope. It's a surprise. The show might end up sometime in the spring on the air, but I can't say more. I can't say who it's with. I can't say anything about it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Lots more to come on that. If you are thinking of uh, buying or selling a home, the Dan Gemma's team would love to help. Give us a call, 519-566-5565. You can also visit our website at dangemis.com. And a reminder that if you're ever looking for any contractors, any plumbers, electricians, any whatever. Any eye doctors. Eye doctors, any kind of anything, really. You can find them on our website in the People We Trust section, okay? And it's only people we have used or our clients have used. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have never used them or clients never used them, we do not put them on our website in the People We Trust section, okay? Thanks again for joining us. Uh, keep it tuned. Akira Rowe is up next with uh, Sunday Morning Live. See you next week, everyone. You've been listening to the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show, an advertising feature on AM800. If you've thought about selling or buying a home in the future, the Dan Jemis Real Estate team would love to help. Visit the team's website at danjemis.com or call the office seven days a week, 519-566-5565.